the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of Colorado Issues. I'm Deanna Williams. Colorado Issues is a show that tackles the various topics concerning those who live in our wonderful state. And we're going to talk about owning a piece of that wonderful state, real estate today. And to give us all the answers, we have Keith Alba in studio with us. Keith is an employing broker at Keller Williams Advantage, and he was the number two producer in Denver MLS for 2016. Is that right? Yeah, according to the Denver Business Journal and the way that they ran through the numbers, yeah. Cool. So you've had all different kinds of experience with various transactions. Welcome to Colorado Issues. Ah, Thank you. Thank you for having me. First of all, I have to say, because lawyers... We are not advocating Keller Williams Advantage. We're simply getting details from someone who is very much in the industry. So with that said, the Denver market is on fire right now. We have experienced some some great appreciation over the last few years, much different than the market we had prior to that. Yeah. So what is making Colorado such a popular place to live? Is it the legalization of marijuana? (laughs) You know what? There's some speculation (laughs) on that. Um, I I think the leadership and the government has done some nice uh, incentives to attract businesses to come in. Um, And we continue to see large number of net immigrations into the state. So as long as that continues to to happen, we'll we'll continue to see some some great real estate appreciation. So are other areas of Colorado just as hot as the Denver market or the I-25 corridor? Um, yeah, to varying degrees. Um, I would say, you know, um, to our north and south, Colorado Springs and Fort Collins are definitely still experiencing a similar type of a market, maybe not quite as much of a fury as we're seeing um, up here in the Denver area. But mm-hmm. throughout the state, most of what I do here is is positive stuff for sure. All right. So when someone is thinking of buying a home, what are the factors that they have to consider realistically to make that happen? Well, first, we always advise our clients to go and, and speak with a knowledgeable professional loan officer uh, with the company. Find out what you can qualify for and then figure out what you're comfortable with. In certain cases, that may be a different purchase price, um, maybe different payments along those lines, uh, and you want to make sure that you're going to stay within that piece. Nobody wants to be what I refer to as house poor, right? You're yeah. sitting at home in a very beautiful home, but you're eating top ramen all the time. Right. <laughs> it's just not going to be any fun. I know some people like that. <laughs> so what are some of the details you've seen that surprise potential buyers, I mean, that have literally prevented them from moving forward? Well, um, because of this hot market, what we see in – at least in August, it was just over 57% of the houses went under contract in seven days or less. Wow. So when you go out to look at houses, it's pretty much you better be ready to pull the trigger uh, because there's going to be three to seven people behind you that, that may do so if you don't. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that market's moving quickly, the house that you see today may not be available tomorrow uh, is definitely kind of a mindset we want to have our clients in. And then depending on the property and the location, the pricing on it, um, there is very much the chance that we may have to go in over the asking price for, for the seller in order for that uh, offer to get accepted. Should a buyer expect to bring in more of a down payment because of this market or is that pretty much stable? No, Does that the change much? down payment doesn't necessarily uh, come into factor as much. That's going to be more on the lending side, depending on what type of financing they want to go with. But uh, 
larger down payment makes the lending process a little bit easier. Uh, the lenders get more comfortable knowing that there's some additional skin in the game, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. if the borrower is putting more money down. So, so you were talking about house rich. That's basically money poor, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. So first-time buyers, um, what should they really compromise if they're trying to get into a place the compromise is, is again, it's going to be kind of what is their, what are they comfortable with in terms of payment versus what they can qualify for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I would say ideally your real estate professional is going to sit down with you and, and do what we refer to as a strategy session, but it's essentially a needs analysis. Okay, what are the things that you absolutely must have in your next home or your first home versus – what are some things that you, you can kind of deal without? Mm-hmm. You know, some people run a home office and so having, you know, a, a space for people to come and stay with them and a space for a business is going to be, you know, required. So three bedrooms, absolutely minimal. Mm-hmm. You, they can't, they won't compromise on something along those lines. Whereas backing to open space may be something that they would be willing to forego if the rest of the house works for them. Yeah, I was thinking neighborhoods, schools, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, you can work around schools, but not so much neighborhoods. Right. Yeah, there's that old cliche in real estate, the location, 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 right? And yeah. so you can take the same property and pick it up from one side of the, you know, Denver area, move it to the other, and it's going to have a very different valuation that's there. And you were talking strategies, long-term strategies. You know, your first-time buyer, they're not going to die in this home, you know, probably. Mm-hmm. So build some equity, maybe make a, a consolation with an alley in the back or something like that. Right. Um, possibly even get into, you know, an attached product. So a townhouse or a condo, multifamily type of a thing. Um, depending on their budget and what they can afford and want to spend, that may be an option for them. So they may, you know, start in, in that arena and then use the appreciation, the equity that they build up over time, plus they're paying down the mortgage to, to leverage that into their next purchase. And building their credit too, right? right exactly. Right. So you were talking about the various loans that are out there. There are arm loans, balloon loans, jumbo loans, VA, all that stuff. How can a buyer know that they have chosen the right loan for them? I know you were talking about loan agents, but loan agents, they want to sell their product or maybe they have an incentive or what? You know, how can a buyer know? Yeah. So I would say, you know, get recommendations either from your real estate professional or, you know, friends, families, uh, people that are in the area that have used somebody before. Uh, there are a lot of dates and deadlines within the contract to buy and sell here in Colorado that are going to be dependent upon that loan officer and that lender meeting those pieces. And for the most part, um, if you take the recommendation of somebody that had a good experience with a lender, uh, it should come through for you on the other side. But I would agree there are definitely predatory lenders that, that are still out there or the out-of-state lenders can cause some challenges sometimes. Let's talk about investing in real estate. Sure. Um, I have a rental home in Colorado Springs, and it's only because I was recently married and my husband wanted to build a house for us, Right, and that was great. And I'm learning what it takes to be a landlord, and you have to be really careful about your renters, of course. You want to make sure that they have a certain level of credit and good income and at least some savings, that kind of thing. Never been kicked out before, never been convicted of anything, that kind of thing. Right. What advice do you have for those who are looking to invest in real estate for the first time? I would say do it uh, mm-hmm. is the first piece of advice. It, it is definitely a great vehicle for building wealth. Um, and, you know, we talked about the immigration coming into Colorado. Uh, not all of those people are buying homes. Um, there are people that are going into the rental market. And so vacancy rates are at an all-time low. 
um, some of our clients are experiencing some phenomenal rates of returns on their cash um, in the first year. And so mm-hmm. uh, we're still being able to find properties that can return a 13 plus percent cash on cash return in the first year. So mm-hmm. if you start looking at that compared to some of the other investment vehicles, um, it's definitely uh, a great option and an opportunity that's there. In regards to the tenants, um, I guess, again, the mindset for a, a new landlord is going to be realize that they're not going to take care of the property the same way that you would. Yeah. Uh, you can do a lot of due diligence on the background and, you know, screening as much as possible. And in their mind, it's still going to be a rental unit. So. Yeah. The lawn might get a little yellow here and there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Your favorite plant may not make it through. <laughs> Uh, the, you know, traffic patterns in the carpet, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And ideally, you're making, you know, above and beyond what your mortgage payment is on a, on a monthly basis and take some of that. And we always advise clients to, to squirrel that away a little bit, hang on to it, because there are going to be repairs that need to be done to the house. There are going to be, you know, when a tenant moves out, ideally, it's after a few years and you're not having to go back and find someone new. And you're going to have to do some fix up on it to get it rental ready again. Mm-hmm. Is investing in a single family home safer than investing in a commercial property? Like I'm talking businesses, that kind of commercial property? It's a little bit just more of a different beast, I would say. Um, well, you got different tenants, mm-hmm. right? Um, so somebody, what we see is, is somebody's more willing to keep a roof over their head than to keep the doors, uh, you know, of their, their business, business open. open. Right. Yeah. yeah. If they're going to make a choice between, okay, I've got X amount of dollars and my bills are more than that, where did my money go? Um, I would say there's a little bit more safe there. So let's go back to the real estate side. Would you recommend if you were a landlord, those housing companies that find your tenant for you and take care of your property for you and then send you a check and you don't even have to think about it? Would you recommend that? I I do um, for people only because it's going to save you those calls at two o'clock in the morning where, uh, you know, the water pipes burst or, you know, something along those lines. If there's an emergency that happens in in the property, having that peace of mind to somebody else out there to take care of those pieces um, is going to be nice for you. Mm-hmm. Um, some tenants can become very um, picky and, mm-hmm. and will <laughs> like to uh, call and, you know, bug you all the time about certain things here or there. And the door squeaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My key doesn't work like it used to. We can still get in, right? Yes, but okay. Um, so yeah, there's just it can remove some of that headache um, mm-hmm. that's there, and you know it's not a huge expense. Um, and so if you build that into your performa when you're looking at the rental property up front, um, it, it can save you, you know, some well, preserve some of your quality time with your family. Uh, yeah, because you know, you're investing to. either your money. Or your time. Exactly. And sometimes both. So yeah, exactly. you can figure that out. <laughs> I read a report from Zillow that said that the monthly rent for a house is rising faster than the monthly rent for an apartment. And the rent for a house in the Denver market was 1.3%. It rose. And then the rent for an apartment only rose a half percent. So uh, if you want to invest in real estate, should you look for duplexes, that kind of thing? Yeah, a multifamily, multifamily is yeah stuff. up to a four unit um, mm-hmm. is is kind of where we would draw the line on residential versus a commercial property. I you see. start going over the four unit uh, pieces and, and you kind of jump into that commercial world, into mm-hmm. the apartment yeah. building pieces. Is the information in Zillow that reliable? Other apps like that? It depends on, on what information you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone likes to go on and kind of check their Zestimate or understand what the, the home valuation is. And the problem with those automated systems is it's just that. It's an automated system. They're not taking into account any of the upgrades that you may have or if you're backing to an open space or the different things that a buyer is willing to pay a little bit more from. 
it's accumulating data, it's putting it into a form and spitting it back out. Mm. Um, so it's only so good as the, you know, really the information going into it. Yeah. As an example, um, the CEO of Zillow sold his house recently and his estimate was off by over 40%. <laughs> <laughs> It had him at 1.7 and it's, he sold it for just over a million. So he couldn't get it right on his, from his own company. What's going to say it's right on your house, right? That's pretty funny. I'm talking with Keith Alba of Keller Williams Advantage about the booming real estate market in the Denver area and Colorado and beyond, that kind of thing, as well as getting tips for those who are thinking of buying and selling and investing in real estate. Now let's talk about real estate as a career. How hard is the real estate test? Because you have to take a test, okay. and, and various states have different tests, right? It's not just one test throughout. There's two here in the state of Colorado, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that okay. you have to pass. One is is what they would refer to as a national exam, talking about real estate overall, and then local laws and regulations mm-hmm. for the Colorado. So, yeah, state. what do you have to know? Well, um, you're going to have to go through some classroom hours. There's a certain number of hours that you have to take in order to be able to even be eligible to take the classes. And that classroom is, uh, that teacher should get you prepared for, for that information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you go through that classroom, they're going to cover all of the, the information that's going to be on the test. And then it's really about, you know, what kind of a test taker are you? Uh, some people freeze at the, yeah. at just the thought of taking a test. Um, and others, you know, can kind of work through it. Uh, the challenging part is, the questions are almost designed to trip you up a little bit. And so I hate that. Uh, I know. <laughs> it's cruel and unusual it's for wrong. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so going through the practice exams, um, making sure that you, your learning style is how you go and take your classroom or your courses. Cause mm-hmm. you can do it online. There's some that are kind of a combination of home study versus classroom. Um, and then there's ones that are all just straight classroom. So. Mm-hmm. You understand how you best can learn um, to retain the information and find that source for you and, and go and, you know. And are the tests like Scantrons or computer touch screen? You go to a, a, a facility and it's, they put you in a quiet room and you're sitting in a little cubicle, you know, staring at a computer screen. Mm-hmm. So you find out right there, you know, how you did. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you do, uh-huh. right instantly. Yeah. As soon oh, as my goodness. You either walk you out with complete, head up yeah. or head down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I've known, you know, great agents um, that have taken the test seven, eight times. Really? Um, and then I've known some that I've questioned how they got a real estate license <laughs> and found out they passed it on the first time. So it's really... It's about your preparation and, you know, your learning style, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, will a real estate agent make money their first year realistically? I've heard stories. Yeah. I, and I think that's part of the challenge with the real estate industry is is people have a misunderstanding in getting into the business, mm-hmm. right? They maybe had just bought a house and were working with a real estate agent. They said, well, that was easy, you know, you know open up a few lockboxes, open some doors, and then got a nice commission check. but. You are truly running your own business. Um, even if you're with, you know, one of the big brands like Keller or Cobalt Banker or Remax, that's the brokerage firm that's there. But within that, you, you got to think of yourself as running your own business. And so ramping that up, where are you going to find your leads? How are you going to find the people that want to work and, and, you know, use you as their real estate agent? Um, and that's going to take some money, um, you know, to do your marketing pieces. And then obviously, you know, you got to, continue to keep a roof over your own head. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure that you have, um, you know, some reserves and, and kind of set aside that, that startup cost almost is how I would refer to it. Mm-hmm. You can make money absolutely in your first year. It's going to be about how much time are you willing to dedicate to it? You know, what are you going to do for your lead generation strategy? Do you have the number of funds to, to cover those pieces? And there's 
a plethora of different ways to get your name out there, different activities to do. Some of them cost money. Some of them cost time, like you were talking about. And mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of doing that. But I would say on a realistic basis, don't plan on seeing any income for at least three to four months um, as you get into it and really start that business up. And, and you train and you have several different agents under you. What other advice do you give them? I mean, what would be some of those ways that you can get your name out there without a huge expense? Sure. Yeah, we have a, a team that, that I'm a partner in, um, and we bring on agents all the time that are like-minded, you know, people that one want to learn um, and, and are willing to do the, the stuff. But in terms of lead generation strategies, um, you've got really two kind of general pieces. There's one that's marketing, which is kind of a softer putting your name out there, waiting for people to recognize you and kind of pick up the phone and call you, or you got the prospecting, and that's the outbound calls, um, door knocking, uh, open houses, uh, seminars, so investor seminars, first-time homebuyer seminars, different mm-hmm. pieces along those lines are all ways to, to kind of get out and get in front of people, demonstrate your your knowledge, your experience, your expertise, and then you'll, you should get some business from those. Yeah, and any questions that they don't know, they'll go to their broker. That's yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else, so come to me and ask me some questions on that for sure. Is there one real estate job that's better than the other? My husband and I were just talking this through. Like when we built our home, we went to a place where there was a real estate agent waiting and they were just waiting for us to pick our lot, mm-hmm. you know, and so they were having people come to them and it just seemed like, oh, that's the real estate job you want to have instead of having to go out and generate those leads and, and that kind of thing. Is is one better than the other or what? They each have their pros and cons, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you're referring to an on-site salesperson for a new construction builder. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. They're not having to do the expenses for the marketing and they're not putting any of the the money out. Uh, but they're building somebody else's business. You know, they're an employee for that that builder. I see. Um, and most of them have you know Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday off. That's their weekend is during the midweek. Sure. So you know, if you're going to go into that avenue, you need to be prepared that it is you know five days a week, and you're going out there, and you know your employer expects you to be there. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the real estate side, on the residential resale, like what I do. Um, I have a little bit more flexibility in my schedule. I control it, but I understand if I'm not working, I'm not making money. So <laughs> there's that that side of it as well. So I got to make sure that I'm getting income coming into my business so that I can't afford to you know market to put that stuff out there. We've got a staff that obviously you know they're not commission based, and so they want to make sure that the, there's money coming in. And so mm-hmm. um, there's different. Pros and cons, like I was saying. Mm-hmm. So it's really your personality style and what's going to fit you best. And I'm just going to ask you to ballpark this. What is a commission on a house? I mean, is it 10% of the value or what? I have no idea. Everything's negotiable, yeah. first of all, between okay. the, the seller and the real estate agent that's there. It's standard for the sellers in Colorado to pay both the listing agent's commission and the agent that brings the buyer to the transaction. In and around... Um, you know, a 6% number is fairly common that's out there. There are some different business models that are out there now that are offering a flat fee or a, a, a you know, a lower piece of that. Um, and it's going to be up to the consumer to, you know, are they getting the same experience? Are they getting the same customer service level um, as they were with, you know, a, a traditional kind of full service uh, client that's mm-hmm. there? And so, but... Average sales price in the Denver metro area in August was just about 475000 mm-hmm. So So 6% of that. 
But that's usually split half and half. So to about th- roughly 3% is, you know, that, that ballpark. Between so the 12,000 and change. And yeah. the lister. Okay, yeah. great. And let's, let's dive into selling our homes. Um, I've always done FISBOs. I've always done for sale by owners. Okay. And I did that with my condo. Um, I did it with my house that I am now renting, that kind of thing. What are the pros and cons of using or not using an agent? Sure. Um, so, you know, when you are going into a contract to buy and sell with another party, whether if it's you representing yourself or an agent that's there, you're using a legal and binding contract in the state of Colorado. Um, the laws here do allow you to do that on your own. You can download the, the documents yourself um, and kind of fill them out. However, just know that, you know, if you're not very familiar with it, it could get you in trouble or get you into backed into a corner, um, which could cause some issues for you. That's mm-hmm. there. Additionally, um, you know, there are some studies that have been done out there that while you may not be paying the commission to, say, the listing agent, uh, you may not be necessarily getting the highest price for the house. Uh, it may not be exposed to as many buyers as it would if you're using a real estate agent, especially in this market right now where we're receiving multiple offers, sometimes getting, you know, over asking price for the piece. A lot of times for a professional real estate agent, they can make up, you know, that commission plus some for you where you'd actually net more money if you're using mm-hmm. an agent. So, yeah, there are some things that, that people who are selling on their own need to be prepared for. What is the average time on the market these days? You said how many? I mean, eight days? Um, so within in the month of August, 57.5% of the detached single-family homes went under contract in seven days or less. Overall, the whole market in the detached single-family market is 22 days. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, but so you can get it done. Yeah, you can, it's you know three weeks again, assuming that you're priced right. Right, that's an average. Mm-hmm. So remember, there's there's people that are higher than that, and there's people that sell for quicker than that. And again, it's marketing, pricing, you know, condition of the house, location, all of those sorts of yeah. things would go into it. Are sellers in this area seeing offers come in above asking price on a consistent basis? Yes. Uh, for the most part, in general, I would say, yeah. Right now, we're definitely experiencing um, a bit of a seasonality shift in the Denver market. Um, usually, the early spring and first part of summer is where we really start seeing the buyer activities that are out there. Winter is coming. Winter. <laughs> exactly, for you Game of Thrones fans, right? Um, so winter is coming. There's less number of houses that come on the market during this time period. There's less buyers that are out there. Most of the families that, that have kids, you know, have kind of settled in and they're like, hey, we don't want to disrupt them during the school year unless there's a, a major reason that they have to change. Right. Relocation for jobs or, you know, something that, that's forcing that disruption to, to pull their kids out of one school and go to another one. Mm-hmm. So you don't see that much activity. You come on in the first part of the year, early spring, summertime. Yeah. It's, it's a feeding frenzy depending on the price point you're at. Um, <laughs> You start getting above, I'd say, about the $600,000 sales price number, and there's not quite as many buyers in, in that arena. Um, but you know, 450 and below, mm-hmm. that's there's a lot of buyers that are out there that have this pent-up demand. And so you can expect multiple offers, really kind of command the terms that you want as a seller. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Those were some great examples of how the market changes. What would change the market, like a hot market to a cold market? Well, Just looking forward, sure. Kind of future interest rates are definitely something we're keeping an eye on. You know, as they start climbing up, and they are expected to, you know, at some point, they've been phenomenally low for a long period of time. So, 
that will you know start climbing again as those start climbing that would should take some of those buyers out of the different price points because you know, they can no longer qualify for the same amount that they were purchasing previously so that's definitely one um you know god forbid as another terrorist attack or you know something along those lines and us soils uh could could kind of spook the market and it just paralyzes people the yeah, they just, you know, kind of go into that nesting yeah. kind of a piece and mm-hmm. just continue to pack money in. And you know what? We're fine where we're at. We don't mm-hmm. need to make a change. We don't need to make any adjustments. Uh, let's just kind of sit and wait this thing out. Um, and so that's a, a possibility. And then uh, back in the days where we were experiencing a lot of distress sales, so short sale or a foreclosure or something along those lines, there were – some institutional uh, funds that came into Colorado, insurance uh, companies, hedge funds, different things along those lines that were buying some of these dis- distressed properties. Um, in certain cases, they may have been buying them in bulk. So they go to a bank and take 10 of them off of their hands at one time. Mm-hmm. They've turned those into rental properties uh, currently. And so they're experiencing phenomenal rates of return on their pricing. Um, however, there's always I'm keeping an eye kind of on what they're what they're doing. Because if all of a sudden they start flooding the market with uh, supply, they say, okay, we're done. It's time to liquidate these assets. Um, you get back into the economics of supply and demand. You mm-hmm. have an oversupply and there's not enough demand to meet it. Uh, we could see you know, the, the prices start dropping again. Good but. information. One thing I really want to know is reverse mortgages. Are they a good thing? Are they a bad thing? I know it depends on who you are, where you are, what you are doing in right. the future. Again, it's it's going to be kind of up to a client um, on what their specific needs are that's there. A lot of people use, again, real estate as, as a wealth factor. It's where a lot of um, wealth transfer comes from. So mm-hmm. as an estate, if you're planning on leaving some funds for your heirs, then that may not be the best solution for you. Um, or surprise, all your children. <laughs> right? hey, congratulations, you get this liability from it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my <laughs> All right. Well, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, how do they go about doing that? Great. Yeah. My uh, email address is keithalba at kw.com. So K-E-I-T-H-A-L-B as in boy, A at kw as in Keller Williams dot com. Or phone number is uh, 303-478-7246. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing your knowledge and look forward to... You know, seeing more people come to Colorado, I yeah. guess. Yeah, right. well, Maybe not. I don't know. It depends on if you're a fan of the traffic or not, right? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> if you stay off I-25, people can come in. Right? But, you know, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's great.